You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good afternoon, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. Man, I tell you, I must be getting some amnesia or something. Earlier this year, uh, we were in the Texas Capitol, and I got to see quite an absurd display of dissent against recently implemented legalization. So known as the Cox, not Glocks protesters, a group of students came together in protest of the campus carry law that passed last year. And they encouraged others to attack the phallic symbols to their backpacks. Now, students in Madison, Wisconsin, apparently felt the same way and are planning on a similar protest next month. Now, State Representative Jesse Creamer introduced a campus carry bill in 2015 that would have bypassed college campuses in the state to ban firearms in school buildings, and he plans to reintroduce it this next cycle. Now, Kat Kerwin, who represents the UW-Madison College of Letters and Science on the Associated Students of Madison's Coordinated Council, whew, now that's a mouthful, is the lead on this copycat protest. Now, he's calling legislatures and he's signing petitions. Uh, He's actually part of their game plan. But come the reintroduction of this campus carry law, the protesters claim they will show up with dildos in hand claiming to fight absurdity with absurdity. But they're right. It is absolutely absurd. It's absurd to try to change people's minds by waving penises at them. And if you're not trying to change people's minds, then what are you really trying to do? Now, exactly. So having a marital aid strapped to your book bag is about as effective a technique to stopping campus carry. Now, as it is to use in defense of your life. So today, we have in the studio Janai Hales, my co-host. Janai, welcome to Come and Talk It. How are you doing this week? Good. How are you? Outstanding. And and we have Justin DeLoss from Lone Star Gun Rights on the phone. Justin, on line two. What's going on there, Justin? Not much, Mike. How are you doing? All right. And then inside the studio, we also have Zach Istra uh, with the Global Gun News, my reporter out on the field. What's up, Zach? Glad to be here. All right. And then over... Uh, to my left, we got Montana Bowman. Uh, that's just like the state, Montana. 
Yeah, don't forget it. The joke is, I'll, I'll always forget your name, but you're never going to forget mine. <laughs> and then also, we have a, a special guest in the studio. We have the Armadillo Road Band members. What's going on, Armadillo? Hey, how's it going? How's it going, Michael? All right, so we have Jeremy uh, Edens, right? Yes, sir. All right, and then T.J. Hill. Yes, sir. All right, and then also, we got Charles Westerman. What's up, Charles? Hey, Mike. All right, and Charles is the one that's bringing all this music that we're hearing inside the studio together. Now, that first song we heard was um, uh, the Jack- Jackson 5, right? Yeah, for you. you know, what that was what a fan me? you are. Oh, man, yeah, I love it. You know I love the Jackson 5. Oh, yeah. And that, that's, that, I mean, I, once I hear that, I, I know it's, it's Christmas time. All right, so now let me change gears just a little bit, and I want to talk about a Christmas card that I actually received to my house. Now, usually I get a lot of Christmas cards every year. You know, I, I really enjoy them. I, I like looking at uh, the different pictures that people send us of their family and stuff like that. And it actually feels good. And I always forget that, man, I should have done this earlier in the year and sent out my Christmas card. All right. So yesterday I got a Christmas card to my home, not at the business, not at Central Texas Gunworks. I got this card at my house and it was a card um, from a group called the Betsy Riot. Now, on the face of the card, and there was no return address, by the way, and it says, uh, the Lord uh, tests the righteous and the wicked, and the one who loves violence, uh, his soul hates. And it quotes a scripture. And then the other side of it says, the NRA gives the gift of non-fatal gunshot wounds like these to 100,000 Americans per year. Your continued support of guns everywhere legislation is directly responsible for this health epidemic. In your heart, do you honestly believe this is what Jesus wants? Shame on you for dishonoring Jesus Christ with your support of gun-pushing legislation. Signed, the Betsy Riot. And it has two pictures of people with gunshots to their face. Now, you know, when you get a card like this, you know, I never open my own mail. So, you know, other people open my mail inside the home. So, you know, when it's a Christmas card, we usually have, you know, little nieces and nephews that are over at the home, you know, and they open up the card. And that's who opened this Christmas card. So that's, you know, what the kids saw when they opened up the Christmas card. So just picture that. Uh, Someone with a gunshot to their face. You know, and that's what they sent to my house. Uh, let me bring to the conversation Janai. Um, Janai, I mean, this is crazy. Did you, you saw the card, correct? I did. I saw the card. What did you think? Oh, gosh, I have a lot of thoughts on it. My first thought, um, when I initially saw it and I saw who it was from, I looked up their Facebook page and I looked up their web page to get an idea of who they are. And um, they say they're neo-suffragists, feminists, um, so my first thought is um, people like this really annoy me because on one hand, they want to quote the Bible and try to make you feel guilty and shameful for your own personal views. But given that they're stating that they're feminists, I would probably bet that they are pro-abortion. Hmm. I don't think the Bible says that that's a good idea. Now, this is coming from a conservative that is pro-choice, by the way, so I'm not judging them What I'm saying is they're all over the map. Their page is just, I don't even know what they're trying to convey. I can tell that they're very, very angry. So maybe somebody that they know got 
killed by accident. I don't know. But they're not coming from a good, intelligent, logical place. I don't have to agree with them, but I don't think that the method that they've chosen is going to do any good. And I I think it's horrible when someone uses the Bible for their own personal agenda. (laughs) All right. Let me bring into the conversation John Griffin, the associate editor of The Daily Caller on line one. John Griffin out of Washington, D.C. Welcome to Come and Talk, sir. Michael, it is always such a pleasure to be on the program. How are you today, sir? Uh, Doing pretty good. I hope you're having a wonderful holiday. I hope you've started your holiday. Well, I'm trying to have a good holiday, but you know what? Those pictures on that car just were really disturbing, Michael, and I can't believe that anyone thinks that solving gun violence starts like that. And and what I'm hearing, John, is that these this Christmas card actually went out to quite a few people, quite a few state representatives of different states. And I believe it. Some U.S. reps and U.S. senators, you know, around the country, uh, and anyone that's in the pro Second Amendment community. You know, Michael, let me just throw this out there for your listeners. I know we have limited time today. Uh, there's there's a statistic that these people who sent this card, Betsy Wright or whatever they call themselves, should really look at, and that is from the FBI and Department of Justice's own analysis of these figures. And this figure is thus: they say that for every time a gun is used in the commission of a violent crime, it's used three times in self-defense. Now, Michael, we don't don't live in a perfect world. We live in a fallen world with fallen people who make mistakes and commit crimes. And we also have the ability to defend ourselves, thankfully, in Texas. And all you do every day on your show that that you're on air is support people being able to defend themselves from the folks that caused the violent images that you were sent. So that's really the point your listeners need to take home, is those violent images, those are people committing crimes with guns, not people defending themselves with guns. Yeah, absolutely. And um, have you have you heard of the different people that have actually have received this? Because I know, um, man, uh, quite a few people, actually. Um, I know Representative Jonathan Stickland received one. I think I want to say Dana Losh, um, our reporter, uh, radio host, uh, received one as well. Uh, quite a few people have actually received this exact same Christmas card. Well, this is virtually pornography for people who think that guns are just automatically the source of every problem that happens on the street. And, Michael, you and I both know that that's an oversimplification worthy of a child. Uh, In a world where people commit crimes, we have to give individual citizens, peaceful law-abiding citizens, the means to protect them and their families. In California, Michael, it's so crazy that uh, someone got actually punished the court system, punished uh, with, a, with a fine, a big one, <laughs> because they defended their family when a burglar came into their home with a gun and started shooting. And he put the burglar down with his gun. And he was actually fined, given a choice between a jail or, or a fine for, that, for defending his family. So, Michael, the folks that send these kinds of things, I have to believe either they're truly uh, ignorant and childlike in their thinking, or they're propagandizing folks, and I think it's the latter. It's really just a travesty. And it shows really how violent they really are. It shows how violent 
and really psychopathic that the left really is. Well, wouldn't yes. you agree, Janai? Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> I mean, you just got to be a sick individual to do that during the Christmas time. Who thinks of something so hateful during the holidays? I mean, the holidays <laughs> is supposed to be a time of, you know, enjoying yes. family and celebrating life and, and, and the birth yes. of Christ. You know, right. it's it's a religious holiday. And to go out and, and do something like that, to be so hateful, I think, yeah, definitely kills the spirit. But well, you know what? Let me just say to those folks out there, Merry Christmas to you anyway, those of you. <laughs> um, we, we all don't wish you ill or, or think of you this way. Um, so Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I, I tell you, man, thank you, John. I really appreciate it. I know you have a tight schedule, and I, I thank you uh, for joining us today on the show. Thank you, Michael. All right. You have a wonderful rest of your, your weekend. You too, sir. Right, and, I, and I tell you, you know, um, my grandmother uh, had this saying. My grandmother was, she was about, she was almost 80 years old when she died. And my grandmother, uh, when she was a little girl, was actually hit with a rock and was blind in one eye when she was a little girl. And she had partial sight in the other eye. So when I was a little kid, I was actually, my grandmother's like seeing eye dog. <laughs> and I went everywhere with my grandmother. And so... We used to travel on the city bus all the time. And as I was we're getting on the city bus or getting off the bus, my grandmother used to always have this saying. She would always tell everyone when she got on the bus, good morning, Jesus loves you, and I do too. And then whenever we got off the bus, she would always say, you know, everyone have a great day. Jesus loves you, and I do too. So I like to tell, you know, those people with, uh, at Betsy Riot, you know, just remember this. Jesus loves you. And so do I. And I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas because I'm going to enjoy myself, too. And I can't wait to have some eggnog and and have a couple drinks and just sit down by the fireplace and, and enjoy my popcorn, uh, my different my three different flavors and my turkey, my ham. And just thank the Lord for a wonderful Christmas. We're talking about holiday. We're talking about Christmas. We're talking about Kwanzaa. We're talking about Hanukkah. We're talking about all those holidays. Uh, this is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talking. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. Run, Rudolph. <laughs> All right, I call in numbers 512-643-LIVE. That's 512-643-5483. Come and talk it. All right, so let me go to the phone lines and grab AJ. AJ, you want to talk about a legislation, I'm sorry, legislative process. AJ, welcome to Come and Talk It, sir. Hey, thanks. And first, I, I want to say a happy early uh, birthday to baby Jesus, first and foremost. But, um, no, I do have a question about the uh, this upcoming uh, this session here. And actually, it, it's kind of neat that we segued in with a segment from Jonathan Stickland uh, talking, and then it's uh, followed a, a few ads later by uh, Texas State Rifle Association saying that they push for the uh, 
uh, least restrictive uh, gun laws uh, for Texans and uh, wanting memberships and all. But my question is, I hope you can help me out on this. Um, is I've searched and, and asked and uh, I, I called CSRA. I've uh, tried to contact Alice Tripp um, and many other Texans as well. If you just look at the uh, the Facebook post concerning Jonathan Stickland's bill, HB 375, for constitutional carry. And I've looked on the website for the bills that they're trying to, uh, the program bills that they're supporting and stuff. And you know what? That is not even listed on there. And my, my question is, will they be uh, supporting constitutional carry and helping us uh, get that uh, passed so we can have a, a constitutional carry or an unlicensed bill like the majority of the nation has? Or what's, where do they stand on that exactly as far as the HB 375 or constitutional carry? Because right now, like I said, I've been searching for answers, and I can't even get them to, to say the words constitutional carry. Kind of like our president can't say it's uh, Islamic uh, extremists or something like that. All right. I tell you what, uh, I don't know, but what I will do, and I promise you this, is I will ask uh, Alice Tripp this week, because I'm going to have her inside the studio this week. We're going to do an interview with her that we're going to air on Christmas on Christmas Day, as a matter of fact. So I'll ask her that question. I'll ask her, you know, about constitutional carry and why is it not on the TSRA PAC's uh, website? Because you're saying it, you're saying it's not on the website, correct? Yeah, correct. Um, you know, they put an active list on there as far as the legislative uh, process and the bills and what they're supporting, and and um, it's you know it's it's not on there. And I, you know, I've received I received their email list and and everything. I tried contacting them uh, personally through messages, calling up at the office, all kinds of stuff. And um, like I said, I can't get a, you know to even speak the words constitutional carry for some reason. But um, I, I would just like to see if they're gonna. Uh, support that and help push that through our uh, legislative process. All right. Well, I will definitely ask, and that's that's what I can do. I'm, I'm not sure why that's not on there. Appreciate it, Mike. Hey, thank you, AJ. I sure appreciate you, brother. And Merry Christmas to you and yours. All right. So let me bring Justin. Justin DeLosh, Lone Star Gun Rights. Hey. Justin, what's going on, sir? Can you hear me? I hear you great. Okay, cool. Um, I was going to say, when you, when, you speak, when you speak with... Uh, uh, Alice Tripp uh, this week. Why don't you? I already know what she's going to say. You know, the, their their kind of go to line uh, when you ask them about constitutional carry is that they they say they they'll oh we'll just support whatever's going to pass. Um, that's kind of like their go to line. Uh, I want you to go ahead and ask her. Well, how do you know if it's not going to pass if you never if it never makes it to the floor to see to see how many votes it's going to get? Because that's that's kind of their go to. They they typically what they'll do is they'll before a session starts they'll go around and ask all the legislators what they feel comfortable doing. And it's usually not much. <laughs> so that that's kind of where they set their baseline for what it is they're going to do, is they, they ask all the legislators, what are you comfortable doing? And then they go back to the public and sell it to the public, like, well, this is all we can do this session, guys, <laughs> instead of actually pushing for a bill and trying to strategically get a bill to the floor to see what happens. You'll never see them do that. Okay. I'll definitely do that. But hold on, hold on, Justin, because I'm going to get here uh, in the studio this week, and we'll We'll do something, ask a bunch of questions and stuff, get in here for a good 45 minutes to an hour or so, and then we'll air that. Yeah, I'd, on, I'd, I'd love to be part of that conversation. All right. All right, but hold on with me there. All right, so no TJ. Yes, sir. So tell me about some of these Christmas songs we heard. Because uh, the first one was Jackson 5. Yeah, we started out with the Jackson 5. Who doesn't love Jackson 5? You got a little, 
little Mikey <laughs> with his pure innocence. You know, everybody loves little Mike with the Jackson 5. I'm a big Jackson 5 fan. Uh, after that, you had the Beach Boys with Little Saint Nick. I like that one. That was that was a, yeah. That was, that really was a nice. classic. That one came off uh, their seventh album that they put out. The Beach Boys they put out a Christmas album. Had a number of uh, original tunes that they had written for for the holidays, and that one I I believe was a cover that they did. And and then uh, after I, I that, never heard I've never ever heard <clears throat> Run Run Rudolph. I never heard that before. You've probably heard Run Run Rudolph with Chuck Berry doing it. Oh. That's the classic. Uh, Chuck Berry didn't write the song, but I think he's the first one who recorded it. Uh, I think in 1958. Uh, yeah, 58. But uh, yeah, that song was actually written by Johnny Marks, the guy who wrote what we all know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And then, uh, but that particular version, it's been covered by lots of different folks, but that in there was covered by Lemmy Kilmeister of Motorhead, had Billy Gibbons on guitar and Dave Grohl on drums. And Jeremy, where uh, they probably recorded that in the, it's the Seattle studio that Dave they, Grohl they bought? They were doing a Dave Grohl's. They, what it was is that uh, Dave Grohl bought all of uh, the boards and Eve boards and stuff out of uh, Sound City Studio out of L.A., and I'm pretty sure that was recorded on that. Knowing yeah. Dave, I'm, I would almost guarantee that's what they did. And I think it was a, uh, I think that came out on like a rock and roll Christmas album yeah, it was, that uh, Dave Grohl put together, some kind heavy remember. metal Christmas yeah, or heavy something metal like that. Something in a, in a headbanging New Year or something like yeah. that. Yeah, it's <laughs> one of those things. Oh man, and then, uh, <laughs> oh, that. Uh, Charles, you know, because, you know, you are the one that, you know, you put all this stuff together and you, you bring everyone together. You, you have all this music knowledge. You know, we're always sitting at the bar and you're always telling me about, you know, this song and the history behind this song. You know, what's what's the history behind that Run Run Rudolph? I don't know. TJ came up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so he now you don't know. See, well, what you no, guys don't no, know actually, is. Actually, uh, it started with me and Jeremy. Then we got TJ and we had our little production meeting at Right there at Bender, and see, and we actually see this is what happens. This is what happens when I don't bring alcohol. See, he, he, Charles loses his memory when there's no alcohol involved. So if I get him liquored up, then Charles has his. He's like an encyclopedia of music. Now all of a sudden he's sober and he doesn't know anything. You don't know anything. It's my mom forgot the alcohol. <laughs> okay, so okay, so I, now I know the secret to it. I need to get you liquored up. So about three or four drinks in, you know everything. You know where Jesus comes from and everything, right? <laughs> All right, and then um, and then the next one that we're going to hear is the Ramones. Another TJ. So TJ, tell tell me about Ramones. The Merry Christmas. I don't want to fight tonight. <laughs> I like that. I like that song there. Uh, yeah, Ramones, uh, you know, they're one of the early punk rock bands. They got a, they're credited as one of the, you know, one of the first bands that really kind of get punk rock going on. I mean, punk rock started earlier than that, but they're one of the big names, uh, one of the pioneers, uh, got together in 74. Uh, what year did this song come out, Jay? This one didn't come out until 89. It was actually that was sort of the, uh, we'd call it the second Ramones or something, you know, their, their, their sort of resurrection. They did, uh, remember the movie Pet Cemetery? Oh, yeah. It came out that year. They did yeah. that. That song was on there, um, and uh, as well as, as this one. It's one of the more unique Ramones songs, so <laughs> it's different, you know, but. 
Oh yeah, Ramones were they're iconic as far as punk rock. They, their image was something that nobody had come out before in the in all black leather, and they looked like hippies with all black leather on. It was something new, something different. CBGBs was blown away, and you know they influenced everybody. Uh, particularly in England, you know, where the Sex Pistols and all these bands would come out of later on. But, yeah, they were bubblegum punk. You know, they, 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 they're yeah. catchy. They're like the Beatles of punk rock. So <laughs> Now, the uh, the Armadillo Road Band, you, you guys, uh, are you switch gears? Are you playing, like, holiday music now? Not really. Bit? No? Uh, last year, we had learned a bunch of Christmas songs for <laughs> uh, an event that we played. Uh, was Where did we play at? It was in... Cedar Park area. Cedar somewhere. Park, yeah. They did, they had a uh, they had like a trail of the lights thing, and we played their uh, their opening deal for that. And so we had to learn a bunch of Christmas songs, and some of it, you know, we just kind of had to. We weren't so thrilled over <laughs> playing Christmas songs. We kind of had to stomach it. We tried to find some cool ones that we liked playing, and one that we did cover was "Run Run Rudolph." Yeah. That was a fun one to play because it's. I mean, it's it's rock and roll. Yeah. It's like Johnny B. Good, you know, uh, Chuck Berry. So it's, yeah, just good old rock and roll. That one was fun. Uh, another one that we did that was pretty cool was uh, uh, Santa Looked a Lot Like Daddy. Oh, yeah. Buck, Buck Owens. <laughs> Buck Owens yeah, yeah. tune. Uh, Garth Brooks how covered did, that one later. Okay, but, so how does that one go? Well, Santa looked a lot like Daddy. Her Daddy looked a lot like him. Ain't quite how I had him pictured. Santa looked much too thin. He didn't come down the chimney, so Mama must have let him in. Santa looked a lot like Daddy. Her Daddy looked a lot like him. Nice. All right. Man, I haven't heard that one either. I'm missing out on a whole bunch of stuff. I tell you. I need to come to you guys' house for Christmas. <laughs> hey, come to our house tonight. We're at the White Horse. At the White Horse tonight? Yeah. Oh, man. Are you guys going to be doing some Christmas tunes over there? No? No. No? But you'll be at the White Horse. They'll be, they'll be celebrating going on. Where's the White Horse at? Uh, Fifth and Kamal. Okay, what time? Uh, we start at 9 p.m. We're there every Sunday night. Nice, okay. All right, so uh, let me change gears a little bit and ask uh, Montana, just like the state. Montana, so tell me, uh, give me some some good tips I can give people, uh, especially the ladies, on you know protecting themselves during this holiday season. Well, first off, get armed and educated, as we talk about a lot. Um, one thing is just staying vigilant, always watching and, and just being very observant because details matter. To me, one thing is that keeps me from making a lot of mistakes or, or whatever is just paying attention to detail. That one subtle de- detail can either make your day or break it, so pay attention to details. Um, and one thing is is women do play a dual role, I feel like, in life because sometimes the husband will travel around, around like my father traveled 50% to 75% of the year growing up. So my mom had to do manly things, you know, if she had to, you know. That explains everything. <laughs> explains everything. <laughs> well, you know, so you might have to do some manly things, such as, you know, maybe you got to learn to defend yourself and stuff like that. Maybe you have to, um, you know, pick up some heavier items. So just, you know, be kind of vigilant and notice, hey, I'm going to have to do this thing I'm not used to doing and, and I'm going to have to do that. Um, one thing is I would highly recommend is learn some basic um, hand-to-hand combat um, is another thing is just go go to a boxing gym because a it's a good workout 
and two that at least you know how to throw a good punch because you never know when you might need to hit somebody because you got also your kids and stuff like that to worry about. Yeah, because you, you got to learn how to defend yourself because uh, you you could be in Austin, Texas, where the uh, the government here, the local police department, they don't test their rape kits, so <laughs> you can't depend on them whether or not they're going to find the rapist or not. So you better learn how to fight, right, Janai? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so, That's for sure. So you may have to dig in and fight for your life. You know, what are, what's some, some advice you can give the ladies out there to protect themselves this holiday season? Um, some simple advice. I, I know people hear it all the time, but I see so many people when they're – the, one of the worst places for women is parking lots and garages, parking garages, things like that. And given that a lot of people are shopping – Stay off your phone when you're walking to and from your car. I know we always hear that, but so many people still do it. You need to scan parking lots and make sure that um, it's safe. And I also notice so many people are willing to give out a lot of information, which I don't. Um, That's another thing. Just because someone is approaching you, it doesn't mean you need to stop and talk to them, and it doesn't mean that you need to give them your full name or anything like that. So just do everything with an air of caution and, and be alert. Pay attention to your surroundings. All right. And then um, especially when you're going, you're walking, going you know, to uh, like the stores, I, I tell you this. Make sure that when you're going back and forth to those stores that you actually lock your items in the trunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't leave anything out in the open so somebody somebody can walk through the, the parking lot there, walk through the vehicles and see that you have something out in the open. So definitely hide it, lock it, uh, take it with you. And what I like to do is I like to have someone sitting in my vehicle, you know, while we're out shopping. I don't because you're, you're going from store to store to store. So it's easier if someone actually sits in the vehicle, you know, and watches the items in the vehicle. That way you don't have to worry about it that way. And everyone else is inside the store. So that's always a, a good thing to do. Um, and I like to use a, like a little code word. I use a code word that we use on our, our cell phone as a little text message so we can communicate with each other in case there's some type of emergency or something like that. Uh, so we can send that little word out. Everyone spread out in the stores. You know, we can meet in one general area and get the heck out of Dodge. So I'm all about protecting my family. I'm kind of selfish like that. I definitely like to protect yeah. my family. Another thing I do, I know it costs a few extra dollars, but whenever I can, I valet park because it's just say I know who's at the front or at least the hotel does. Right. Whoever's driving my car. Um, but I don't have to go to and from. Uh, the parking lot. They bring it right to me. So um, it might be a few extra dollars, but if you can, um, it's certainly to me the safer route to go. If you're alone, especially if you're alone. I'm actually a valet, so I'll say I appreciate your business. <laughs> nice. I tell you, uh, to my people uh, with the Betsy Riot, you just remember this in Texas, uh, our guns have guns. Uh, this is Michael Cargill. Merry Christmas, happy holidays. We'll be right back, and you're listening to Come and Talk. Merry Christmas, I don't want to fight tonight. Gerald Darty, and I'm the Precinct 3 County Commissioner here in Travis County, and you're listening to Come and Talk It. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. 
Welcome back to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. We're talking all things firearms. Now, here's Michael Cargill. Now it's time for GGN, Global Gun News. Global Gun News, sponsored by Central Texas Gunworks, the largest online gun store in Texas. In the news... Ex-congressman gets 10 years. Congressional veteran of Philadelphia and major gun control advocate, amongst other things, Chaka Fata, recently was sentenced to 10 years in prison. After losing the primary election earlier this year and months after being indicted on charges including racketeering, bribery, wire fraud, honest service fraud, and money laundering conspiracies, the congressman resigned. The congressman was sentenced this past Monday from charges filed in 2015. It is one of the longest criminal terms a congressman will serve in history. In 2007, Chaka received an illegal loan of $1 million for his campaign to become mayor and repaid part of it by using charity funds. He also used campaign funds to repay his son's student debts and took a bribe to help a friend get an ambassador position, and yet he still maintains that the charges are politically motivated. His son was also sentenced to five years in prison on separate charges of fraud after also misusing funds to pay for personal debts. The ex-congressman was a staunch gun control advocate and was appointed as vice chair to the Gun Violence Prevention Task Force created by Nancy Pelosi. He voted in opposition to the repealing of the assault weapons ban. He voted for the 72-hour background check amendment. He voted against the firearms manufacturing protection bill and against the bill allowing reciprocity for concealed carriers of other states. Gallup polls show statistics for victimized gun owners. Earlier this week, Gallup polls released statistics of a questionnaire taking gun ownership data from 11,000 adults age 18 and older in the U.S. The results showed a statistically significant percentage difference of five points in gun ownership between people who had been victims in the past year and those who haven't. 33% of people who were subject to a crime in the past year owned guns, as opposed to the 28% of non-victimized individuals. The polls failed to capture the reasons behind the individual's ownership of firearms or whether the firearm was owned prior to the incident or incidents in question. Some would naturally suggest that the ones questioned experienced a crime, then bought a gun out of fear of being subjected to another occurrence, but the poll doesn't specifically show that. Another explanation is that people own firearms based on how afraid they are to be a victim regardless of whether they have been in the past or not. But other data from the poll shows that one of the biggest factors of gun ownership is gender. Men tend to own firearms more often than women, and men also tend to claim they don't fear crime as often as women. So that explanation doesn't hold up very well either. But from a poll taken in 2013 when gun ownership was at 27% says that 60% of people who owned guns listed self-defense as a reason. So it doesn't seem to be that difficult to tell why Americans choose to own guns. Self-defense at McDonald's. A man was attacked by a girl and her boyfriend in a Hialeah McDonald's and used deadly force to protect himself. Police say that as the victim was sitting in a drive-thru, 
while the attacker was having a conversation with the teller at the window. The victim honked his horn at the two talking, and apparently that was what prompted 20-year-old Vanessa Puente to start banging the driver's side window of the victim's car. The 22-year-old victim got out of his car to stop her, and as he did, he was blinded by Puente's boyfriend, the man talking to the teller, as he started punching the driver in the head. While the pair were assaulting the victim, he attempted to use his phone to call 911, but Puente slapped it out of his hand. So he pulled out his concealed firearm and shot the boyfriend in the pelvis. The wound was not life-threatening and he was transported to the hospital. Puente was out on felony bail for another altercation that was unrelated. While the victim declined to comment, he was legally licensed in Florida and won't be facing charges. The couple, on the other hand, will be facing battery charges as well as witness tampering for stopping the victim from calling the police. 10-day waiting rule ruled unconstitutional. California's Circuit Court of Appeals is at it again, doing what they can to encroach on the Second Amendment whenever possible. Back in 2014, United States District Judge Anthony Ishii of California wrote that, quote, there is no evidence that a cooling-off period, such as that provided by the 10-day waiting period, prevents impulsive acts of violence who already possess a firearm, unquote. Judge Ishii issued a ruling that the 10-day waiting period was unconstitutional and violated the Second Amendment. This was a pretty big win for the firearm community in California, but just a few days ago, the Ninth Circuit Court came out with their own opinion. They concluded that the waiting period was a reasonable safety precaution for all purchasers of firearms and need not be suspended once a purchaser has been approved. The ruling states that an individual who already owns a hunting rifle may want to buy a rifle with a higher capacity to do more damage if they intended to fire into a crowd, and the 10-day calling-off period would discourage such conduct, while supposedly not burning concealed carriers. And this has been your global gun news for this week of December 18th, 2016. All right. Now, who is that? Let's run DMC. Run DMC. Christmas, that's Christmas in 1987, right? Now, how did you pick that song? How can you not pick that song? <laughs> that's a classic, you know? That's a classic. Get a little hip-hop in there. Yeah. I'm a classic hip-hop band. They're one of the pioneers the video of hip-hop. was terrific, you know? <laughs> the video was great. Well, you know, right. it's so, Jeremy, of, tell, me, tell me more about that song. All right, well, let's... Well, first, I'd like to say that we heard the Ramones before that. Okay. And, of course, we had the Run DMC here. Both those bands, coincidentally, or maybe not so coincidentally, are out of Queens, New York. Oh. And so, Christmas in Hollis, Hollis Avenue, Queens, New York. So, you, you think right there, well, how's it, how they do Christmas there, you know? So, that's the whole story, is that he finds this sack of money that Santa lost. <laughs> he tries to send it back to Santa, because to keep the money would be wrong. And Santa said, nope, that's your money. So, then they have this big party there in Queens, you know? Um you wouldn't hear that today in hip hop or, or, or rap song. They would have probably jacked Santa. 
and Papa Slay, you know, and whatever, you know. And that song, it's a legit song, and it's clean and wholesome. Yeah, and I thought it, I thought it was appropriate that we did something from Run DMC on your show, um, considering that Jam Master Jay was murdered in his own studio, mm. probably by someone that he knew. We don't know who did it. That murder has not been solved, uh, as far as I know. Uh, and maybe, maybe if Jam Master Jay would have been packing that day, he would have been safe. But he wasn't. So I thought that that was something that we ought to put in there around Christmas time, you know. Um, but it came out in 87. It was uh, something they didn't want to do at first. They were approached by the record label to do this Christmas song or this album, and, and they didn't really want to do it. And um, a guy there with the label named uh, Bill Adler, he he kind of recommended the idea of doing something with their neighborhood. So they came up with Christmas and Hollis. And like I say, positive message, hip-hop uh, Christmas song. Where are you, you going to hear that? You're probably not going to hear that one again. So. Yeah. Also been in three famous movies. Yeah, a lot of movies been in. Less Than Zero, mm-hmm. Die Hard, and most recently, The Night Before. Hmm. When you say most recently, were you talking like 20 years ago? The movie was zero. <laughs> Which one? Yeah, that's a new one that just came out with uh, Seth Rogen and all them. Well, Rob, we were just listening to uh, a commercial yesterday for Guitar Center. Uh, yeah, Guitar Center. They got it in there. They got it on there for the Christmas Commercial that's out right now. Yeah. Okay. But. I have a Christmas song. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat. <laughs> I don't know. On the first day of Christmas, my parents gave to me a brand new 12-gauge shotgun. (laughs) On the second day of Christmas, my parents gave to me two tummy guns and a brand new 12-gauge shotgun. On the third day of Christmas, my parents gave to me three Uzis. Two tummy guns and a brand new 12-gauge shotgun. I'm getting that last note wrong. On the fourth day of Christmas, my parents gave to me four 45s, three Uzis, two tummy guns, and a brand new 12-gauge shotgun. What you got to say? Well, I was about to say, Armadillas, are we going to criticize him? How, how good is he? How good is Sounds he today? Great. Oh, great. The delivery. Then. All right. Sit there and shut up. On the fifth day of Christmas, my parents gave to me five M16s, four 45s, three Uzis, two tummy guns, and a brand new 12-gauge shotgun. On the fifth day of Christmas, my parents... Oh, I said that twice, didn't I? On the sixth day of Christmas, my parents gave to me six and Wessons, five M16s, four 45s, three Uzis, two tummy guns, and a brand new 12-gauge shotgun. On the seventh day of Christmas, my parents gave to me seven Desert Eagles, six Smith & Wessons, five M16s, four 45s, three Uzis, two tummy guns, and a brand new 12-gauge shotgun. Help me out, TJ. On the eighth day of Christmas, my parents gave to me eight Luger pistols, seven Desert Eagles, six Smith & Wessons, five M16s. There you go. I need to find one there. Four 45s, three Uzis, two tummy guns, and a brand new 12-gauge shotgun. There you go. There you go. Thank you. Bring it on down. I'm a little, I'm a little, what, I'm sharp on it. <laughs> right. On the ninth day of Christmas, my parents gave to me nine sniper rifles, eight Luger pistols, seven Desert Eagles, six Smith & Wessons, five M16s. 
four forty fives, three Uzis, two Tommy guns, and a brand new twelve gauge shotgun. There you go. On the tenth day of Christmas, my parents gave to me ten Gatlin cannons, nine sniper rifles, eight Luger pistols, seven PPKs. Where that come from? Six Smith and Wessons, five M sixteens, four forty fives, three Uzis, two Tommy guns, and a brand new twelve gauge shotgun. On the eleventh day of Christmas, my parents gave to me eleven Kalishnikov's cars, ten Gatlin guns, nine sniper rifles, eight Luger pistols, seven Desert Eagles, six Smith and Wessons, five M sixteens, four forty fives, three Uzis, two Tommy guns, and a brand new twelve gauge shotgun. Yeah, you, you can get down there. I can't get down that low. On the twelfth day of Christmas, my parents gave to me ah twelve rocket launchers, eleven Kalishnikov's cars. 10 Gatlin cannons, 9 sniper rifles, 8 Luger, Luger pistols, 7 Desert Eagles, 6 Smith and Wessons, 5, five M16s. Yeah, America. 445s, 3 Uzis, 2 Tommy guns, and a brand new 12 gauge shotgun. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Now that's Christmas. <laughs> had to leave the Klitschnikovs to you. <laughs> Who were these guys' parents? I know, right? I know. But such it was it's a great Christmas. We we really enjoy. We go to the range at my house. That was a Christmas. I was to say those parents were pretty rich in my opinion. I mean, talk about all the two hundred dollar tax stamps they gotta pay right. for. Beautiful tax stamp. <laughs> we did, I didn't get that silencer. <laughs> all right. And so um now we're talking about some safety tips out there. Um now we gotta talk about being healthy. Uh, because I want everyone to come back healthy. Don't eat too much, right? So we got to exercise and all that stuff because we got to keep in shape. Never know. During the holidays, that's usually when people are trying to break into the home and steal some of the presents because they know you, everyone's got all those nice little presents under their Christmas tree. So they see all those boxes that you put outside in the trash that next day. So they're thinking, oh. This is a long list of items we know that are in that house because these are the boxes outside. So we need to stay in shape. So let me uh, bring in uh, Zach Istra. He's going to tell us what are some good ways that we can stay healthy and stay in shape. Come on, Zach. Well, uh, one of the best ways is uh, fighting with other people at the mall over Christmas gifts. <laughs> That's where that boxing comes in, guys. <laughs> no, don't fight with people at the mall. Don't do that. Or at least battling over, uh, you know, very sought-after gifts. All right. <clears throat> but what are some things that uh, we can do, you know, uh, once we're, you know, after we finish eating dinner or before we before we start? What are some things that I could do this holiday season to, you know, help me digest my food a little bit? Uh, well, you could wait a little bit and then go on a walk as long as it's not too cold and it's a good way to... Uh, bond with family, just getting outside, getting outdoors, just moving around. Okay, so I'm not going to do that. Drink <laughs> lots of water. Drink lots of water. Water is responsible for every chemical reaction in your body. Mm, so I ain't going to do that. I got to drink some drink liquor. Lots of <laughs> Drink liquor too, but... Chase it with some water. Chase it with some water. Okay, I'll try. Well, drink a bunch of water before you eat. Okay. All right, maybe I'll try that. I'll try to drink water before I eat because I got to get my, my liquor in there. 
All right, so we're talking about the holiday season. Uh, we're talking about Christmas. We're talking about Kwanzaa. We're talking about Hanukkah, all of those holidays or whatever you celebrate. You know, this is a great time. We're enjoying ourselves. Uh, this is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk. They call me back, no Santa. I make my runs about to break a day. They call me back, no Santa. I make my runs about to break a day. Oh, oh, oh. I make all the little girls they started a, a commune, you know. It was called the uh, Santa Claus and His Old Lady Commune. It was a real famous one up there, man. And, and they used to sit around and groove all the time, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really good time, man. Yeah, Welcome back to yeah, Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. And what they did most of the time, though, was make a lot of goodies, you know. Oh, yeah. And they had everything they needed. They only needed to come into town maybe once a year or something like that. Pick know? up the welfare check and the food stamp. <laughs> yeah. No, no. What they did, man, is once a year when they made all the goodies, you know, they used to put them in a big chopping bag and then they used to take the chopping bag and deliver them to all the boys and girls all the way around the world. Hey, man. well, that's it, man. Yeah, that sounds real nice. Oh, yeah, they were really nice people, man. I tell you, you so know, I, now I know it's Christmas, you know, now that I hear from Cheech and Chong, especially in Austin. <laughs> now I know. It's, that that reminds me of medical marijuana, you know, that we're trying to get past here in Texas. Uh, you know, the, the governor, Governor Abbott, you know, he wants to truly... If he wants to truly help his veterans and show his conservative values, he would definitely help us in this prohibition of a plant that's given to us by God. Uh, and I think and that would be a wonderful gift this next legislative session if we'll, you know, we would actually remove that plant from the, you know, from the list of being prohibited. So hopefully that uh, that'll happen. But you know, that's one of the things I'm wishing for for Christmas from my governor. Come on, Governor Abbott. I know you're listening. You know, come on, you can sign it. Just grab that pen and, and push for it. Uh, medical marijuana, you know, that's all we're asking for because we have a lot of people that are, are struggling, they're suffering, and that's just one small way <clears throat> that they can relieve that stress, uh, especially for some of our veterans who are, you know, experiencing PTSD. Uh, the people that we sent to do the job that some of us could not do or were afraid to do, the least thing we can do uh, is help relieve their stress, their suffering, and help them with their PTSD and approve medical marijuana in the state of Texas. Uh, but, but Jeremy, tell me about this song, because I know I got a feeling you picked this one. <laughs> what did you say that? Oh, oh. So he's like, actually, oh. I think TJ is to blame for the last two. Oh, okay. So TJ, tell me about those last two. All right, because we had a. Uh, uh, it was a. Uh, was it Clarence Carter? Yeah, Clarence yeah, Carter. Clarence back Carter Santa. just before the break, and uh, we actually chose that one because uh, the Run DMC Christmas and Hollis. I know last time we were on the show, uh, we tried to. Uh, you know, we we're talking about a few songs where the samples come from, like in a lot of hip hop music, uh, a lot of the music, uh, the background music, the beats, all that stuff is sampled from something else. So when they made that song, they actually, you know, theirs being a Christmas song, they sampled the beat. They used the beat from Clarence Carter's Backdoor Santa. And so that's where the music comes from. Uh, Clarence Carter, uh, he was born blind. He's from Alabama. Uh, kind of R&B soul uh, blues singer and uh, I don't know what year that came out but he's uh, 
Oh, obviously, backdoor Santa. It was six, it's, 68. 68. Yeah, it's kind of got a uh, little risque touch to it. And Clarence Carter, he's kind of known for right. songs like that, cheating songs and things. And then you have that other one there that we, you know, came back in off a break. Came back in with uh, <laughs> with the Cheech and Chong. That one's called Santa Claus and His Old Lady. Right. And that's uh, that's just a, I don't know, to me that's a classic Christmas. You rarely hear that on, on the radio. Uh, sometimes, you know, if you're flipping through the stations, you know, this time of year, you might catch it on the college radio station or the, the local rock station, but... Maybe only once if you catch it at the right time, and, but, it's, uh, and it's funny. I really it is funny, and I actually don't. I, I don't. You know, I don't personally do marijuana or, or want to do it at all. I'm not a smoker or anything like that, so I actually don't like it. I don't like putting anything in my body other than just liquor. You know, I do have that habit. Yeah, forgive me for that. <laughs> I, I do have my vice, but I do think that everyone should have their right. Yeah, and I, I don't think we should ban a plant. Something yeah. that you know that was you know given to us by God you know to that can Being possibly help making us making nature against the laws somewhat unnatural. Yeah, it really is. I honestly I do think that because you know it's not something that I would do. I just I just don't like it. I don't, I don't like smoking anything, cigarettes or anything. So, but hey, you know if it's something that can help someone else, the oils or or whatever, I think we should definitely go ahead and legalize it. But then, so how did you come up with um, the Cheech and Chong version? Because I never heard of that. Well, the Cheech and Chong, that one's, uh, I don't know if that came out on a, That was a. That was that's a, kind of a Christmas that album that they Carol. did, right? Yeah. It's, it's been around 1971. Is it? So okay. you usually hear it, but not not recently. Yeah, rare. That's Santa Claus you, and you his old You kind of rarely lady. hear that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one starts with, uh, you know, Cheech, he's trying to write this song, and uh He's talking about Santa Claus, and then, you know, Chong, he's in there, and he's like, you know, who are you talking about, man? And uh, he starts telling him about him and the whole thing at Christmas, him with his reindeer and delivering presents to all the toys. And uh, Chong keeps thinking he's talking about some musician. He's always, me and I think I played with him before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So let me let me go back to Justin. Uh, Justin, the launch with Lone Star Gun Rights. Justin, uh, tell me, what do you wish for uh, for Christmas? For Christmas, or uh, can can this can this go into 2017? Yeah, absolutely. It's something that you wish for for Christmas that maybe it will come fruition in 2017. Well, I'm hoping that we'll get a constitutional carry passed in Texas. <laughs> and how do you how you, how we're going to get that done? We are going to force enough Republicans, enough weak Republicans, to finally bring the bill to the floor and vote on it. I don't think you're trying hard enough, Justin. You know why I don't think you're trying hard enough? Because you didn't like get that. one of those Christmas cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you need to try harder. That's true. I'm kind of jealous about that. <laughs> Oh man, no! You, you know that—that that just means that you're—they you, weren't able to find your home address because it's no fun for them. My a- yeah. my address wasn't e- as readily available, I guess. Yeah, because it's—you know—I ran for office, so that's how they're easy. They could easily find my address, my home address. But you know, you—you know—definitely keep your home address secret because it's not just you know me. I don't care, you know. But I have loved ones at my house, you know, and I, my loved ones open something like that. Yeah, I just don't like that. 
you know that that bothers yeah, it doesn't it doesn't, it, it doesn't you know for for somebody i guess that's trying to that has a cause and that is trying to trying to do something it doesn't really i mean at, at this point what kind of a conversation could you even have with these people you know oh, I mean? it's not going to help their cause i'm going to fight exactly. them even harder this year i'm going to be much more aggressive than i've ever been before all because of that christmas card <laughs> I'm got no holes barred. I'm not sitting at the table. I'm not going to agree with you one second. I'm going to shut them down. Not going to allow them to speak or nothing whatsoever. I'm going to come out just as harsh as I possibly can. So you know, you, you've motivated me. You've woken the sleeping giant. Uh oh. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, that's that's what it does for me. Yeah. So I. I yeah. Well, you know, I'll, I'll keep trying. Maybe one of these years, I'll get one as well. We'll see. <laughs> Oh man, I tell you. and and then um you know, we I'm I'm definitely gonna gonna work on the T S R A and some other organizations. I, I do wanna get uh, uh NAGR in here on the show. So I want to see what their thoughts are uh for this next coming up session. Yeah. So yeah, what yeah, hopefully we'll get them this year. That's what another thing I'm hoping for for Christmas, because I want to get the NAGR in here to tell us, hey, how can we help you as an organization? And I know they're listening. Probably. <laughs> All right. And now, what's the next song we have coming up? That's uh, put one foot in front of the other. What is that, that was, about? Uh, that's actually a very famous song that's in the uh, show Santa Claus is Coming to Town. It's one that I grew up with that was uh, a personal favorite of my dad. Dad used to drink the tall boy silver bullets, and he'd have a few, and he'd get give his winter warlock impersonation and as well as <laughs> so put one, e- educational advice for me. Put One Foot in Front of the Other by Mickey Rooney and Keenan Wynn. Mm, I know that song. Yeah, they're, I know. they're actually doing the voices because they played, uh, they were the voices of Chris Kringle and uh, Winter Warlock. In, in the, it's an animated, you know. Yeah, yeah, you'll, rec- yeah, you'll recognize yeah. it. Oh, okay. So, all right. So we'll see. All right. So we'll see what that's all about. All right. We're talking about the holiday season. Uh, we're giving you some taste of music here, kind of relaxing and winding down the year. Uh, the year is almost up. Next year, we have the legislative session, 2017. So we're going to hit it hard come next year. We're going to have uh, some surprise guests in, uh, inside the studio, maybe some surprise guests. We're definitely going to have some on the, on the telephone. And they're going to talk to us about some of the things we're trying to get done here in the U.S. as far as getting the um, silencers or suppressors taken off the list so they're not an NFA item. Also, so that your handgun license will be recognized in other states. And also, hopefully in Texas. Get constitutional carry pass in Texas. Uh, some people feel that you know getting constitutional carry pass would affect the handgun license program, but that's not really true at all. Uh, we're still going to have a, a good strong handgun license because you you got to carry outside the state of Texas, you know. So if we're able to get that handgun license, the reciprocity across other states uh, passed be by the U.S. Congress and get the the president to sign off on it, then I think we're going to be, wow, sitting really nice. Because it's just like a driver's license. Your driver's license is recognized in other states. So if we can get the handgun license to be recognized in every state just like the driver's license, boy, we can carry everywhere. So that would work great for California, New York, New Jersey. So we're working hard. We're pushing on it. Got to get that done through the U.S. Congress. So contact your U.S. senator. Contact your congressman and get them to get the ball rolling. Let's see if we can get that done within the first 100 days of a Trump presidency. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk. Put one foot in front of 
to come and talk it. And now, here's Michael Cargill. I'll tell you, that, that definitely makes me feel like getting the eggnog out and definitely uh, strolling over to, to my local pub and having a couple drinks. <laughs> you going to be there? All right. All right. I will definitely meet you over there. We're going to have some nice warm drinks in about 15 minutes. <laughs> All right, so we're talking about the holiday music. Uh, we're winding our year down, getting ready for the legislative session. And, yeah, and I just came across this nice little poem, and it said, uh, "'Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the house, every person was packing, even the spouse. The ammo was stacked near the chimney with care, in, a case, in case a godless commie gave us a scare. Now, the children were cowering, afraid in their beds, as my stories of Al-Qaeda stalked through their heads. And I, in my bandolier, and my wife in her vest, had just settled in for a long winter's rest. When out of the lawn there arose such a clatter, I immediately opened fire without thinking through the matter. Away to the window I threw a flash bang. It blew off the shutters, and my ears, oh, they rang. (laughs) The moon shining through the haze of the blast to the air it gave a sinister cast, when what in my wondering scope did appear but a sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. With a little old driver so lively amiss, I knew in a moment it must be Isis. <laughs> More rapid than scud missiles, his cursors they came, and he whistled all muslimy like uh, and called them by name. Night Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen. At that point, I fired. So terrorists don't win. (laughs) Aim at the top of the porch, at the top of the wall. Now fire away, fire away, fire away all. As dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, I was sure I had blown away that sled riding guy. But no, to the housetop, the cursors they flew, with a slow, like, like, like a little sleigh there, full of danger and the calmness too. And then with a burst, I shot through the roof, aiming for the pawing of each little hoof. As I reloaded my rifle and was turning around, down the chimney the gun grabber came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur, admittedly quite sheen. I nearly asked if he hunts with an AR-15. A bundle of threats he had flung on his back, and he looked like a burglar right about to attack. His eyes, they looked foreign. His skin, not white. (laughs) He was not an American, so I got ready to fight. His droll little mouth was drawn up like like a bow, so I gave him a burst to get him to go. The stump of his pipe, I shot right out of his teeth 
and the smoke from the discharge circled his head like a wreath. He ducked his broad head, so I aimed at his belly, but the bullets bounce off like marshmallows off jelly. He advanced on me then, no pretense of stealth, and I wet my pants, couldn't help myself. A wink of his eye and a stern middle finger let me know that he had no intention to linger. He spoke not at first, but went straight to his work, filled stockings with coal, then called me a jerk. One more middle finger and that phrase, get bent. And then up and up the chimney he went. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew, dodging my last missile. <laughs> but I heard him exclaim, Err, dead drove out of sight. You gun nuts are awful, and you suck in a fight. <laughs> oh, man. That was funny. That's a good one. All right. So, uh, so TJ, tell me about this, uh, this last tune here. What was that? That was Merle? Yeah, Merle Haggard. Uh, the late, great Merle Haggard. Silver Bells, yeah, he uh, he passed away uh, two thousand here in two thousand sixteen. We lost a lot of. Uh, he died on his birthday. Yeah, did he really? Yeah, yeah. died on his birthday. April six. Wow, man. When I go, I hope I go on my birthday. That's good. Yeah. They, they, you come in, you go out on the same day. You were there that, that day, Michael. You asked us what are the chances of that happening. What is what, what? one in three sixty five? Really. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> womp womp. <laughs> you got me on that one. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Merle's a classic. Uh, he's one of the greatest country artists of all time, one of the greatest country singers. Oh, nice. Okay. And then um, in the last song, man, is that Otis Redding? Yes. Yes, sir. Man, I tell you, the Otis, I don't know a lot of people know this. That's one of my favorite musicians. That's like uh, after the Jackson 5, I like Otis Redding. Otis is one of my tops as well. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah I, I'm a real big Otis fan. I grew up on Otis. I don't know. Maybe my mother listened to it or something. I don't know. When it, this was the song we picked at the last minute. Was yeah. it? Yeah. And yeah. you know, Otis Barely never got cut. to hear this song come out. This was something that was released after he died. He Really? He died in 67, yeah, and then this came out the next Christmas. So something they recorded and and came out posthumously. So And it's, and it's something that we would never wish we have here in Austin. That's correct. That's correct. We don't want snow. <laughs> yeah, and I tell you, we may get some this year because good, good. I mean, yesterday it was like seventy degrees. Yeah. You know, it was really nice out. I was wearing shorts. You know, I went black shorts with my red shirt. I was wearing my red shirt, and then uh, you know, and ten now, minutes later it's freezing. Yeah, seriously. I was like, hey man, I need to get my fur coat out. So yeah, it was actually pretty crazy yesterday and then last night. Got a chance to fire up that fireplace. So, what are you guys going to do? What are you going to do on Christmas Day? Oh, we're planning a show that day. Be, yeah, we'll be playing at the White Sunday. Horse. <laughs> a, a White Horse on Christmas Day. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what are you going to do? I'll be in Wichita Falls. Wichita Falls. What's up there? Up there. Um, good food. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I, I really need to. Next time I get him in the studio, I'm definitely going to bring a bottle. Because he talks a lot after he's had about five drinks. Bring a small one. <laughs> a small one? Okay. All right. And then, uh, Zach, what are you doing this uh, Christmas uh, weekend? I'll be freezing my butt off in Wisconsin. Oh, why are you going to go up there to Wisconsin? Girlfriend lives there. Oh, that honeydew list. <laughs> oh. You're going to see your family. Are you getting ready to propose or something? What's happening here? It's <laughs> going down for the holidays. Right. Now you can't talk. <laughs> uh-huh. you, are, you, are you thinking about proposing? What's happening here? Tell us. We want to know. 
<laughs> heading down for Christmas. Go, uh, you know, hang out with uh, her family. Hope you got her mother something for Christmas. I did. I got her a uh, toaster. And I hope you got her dad something for Christmas. Got her the other half of the toaster. You're such a little liar. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, man. All right. So, uh, TJ, what are you, you going to do other than play the uh, play you guys gig there? We'll be, uh, I mean, me, I'll be, I'll be here in Austin the whole time. Uh, you know, we got our every Sunday show and just happens to fall on on Christmas Day. So and I think we get, I'll probably, we get I'll probably be working, working throughout the weekend and I'll get to see my family in a, in a couple of weeks. So I'll get to go down and spend my, spend my holiday probably in January. <laughs> yeah. We, we kind of get cheated because it's on a, it's on a weekend. Yeah. So, yeah, if it's during the week, man, that's so much better. You know, you have Christmas and then you have your Saturday and Sunday off. You know, so we kind of get cheated this year a little bit. What are you going to do there, Montana, like the state? <laughs> going out to West Texas, seeing the grandparents. Um, go say hi to the great grandmother and do some hunting. Okay. And then Janai, what are you going to do? I'm going to enjoy Christmas here, but the next day I'm flying out to Panama with my daughter. Oh, my goodness. It will be so warm there. It will, and that's why I'm going. Uh, <laughs> you have no idea. I wish I was going to Florida. I miss Fort Lauderdale. I miss hanging out and, and on the Christmas beach. Christmas on the Isthmus. <laughs> Is that what, that's, what in, that's what's in Panama? Yeah, Isthmus of Panama. <laughs> right. Check out the Panama Canal. Nice. And if it snows there... Oh. Global warming is, is real. <laughs> <laughs> but if it doesn't snow there, it's just a cycle that the planet is going through. It'll be all right. All right. All right. So uh, now, uh, hey, Justin, what are you going to do this this Christmas weekend? On line two, Justin. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Good. Go for it. I said I'm uh, probably going to eat a lot of food and probably gain about five or six pounds. What? You're not going to, well, you know, you got to work that off now because I need you in shape, you know, because you're going to be breathing hard as we're walking around the Capitol in January. I know, I know. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of work. You got to get some good shoes. Banging on some doors. I'm ready. Shoes as, are ready. All right, good. We, and hopefully no one puts their foot in the door this year so we'll be able to, you know, won't have any issues. Shouldn't be a problem. Awesome. All right. All right, well, man. I'm definitely going to – I'm actually going to stay here. I'm not going anywhere. Um, uh, I've already done my traveling a little bit, you know, doing Thanksgiving, so I'll stick stick around here for the holidays, and I'm going to catch myself – I'm going to watch um, – what is it? Game of Thorns. The Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Thrones. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. I'm going to watch about five seasons of Game of Thrones, so I'm going to sit back and watch that. I, I'm really hooked on um, – what's the, the dragon lady? The Mother of Dragons? Yeah, I re- man, she is awesome. I love her. The Mother of Dragons. She's got like three little dragons. Well, they're big dragons by the time I get down to the end of my box set. Uh, but they start off as little dragons, and she's just, man, I'm going to free all the slaves, and I'm going to, you know, we're going to kill the, the slave masters. I love it. <laughs> Why are you spoiling everything? <laughs> yeah, so it's awesome. All right, so you guys, I, I wish everyone a Merry Christmas, a Happy Holidays. Definitely come back safe. Um, be aware of your surroundings at all times. Protect the family. Carry your gun. Carry all the way, all days, every day. Remember, in Texas, our guns have guns. Emotional and irrational arguments plague the minds of Americans on the entirety of the political spectrum. We no longer have to be accurate or think critically 
or make logical sense to, quote, win an argument, unquote. Now, strangely, in the age of information, it's not a matter of how right you are, but rather how emotional the response you can get is. Not the emotional arguments or anything new, but in our culture, it seems there is an outcropping of anti-electoralism that overrides our critical thinking functions. Now, it's a shame, really, as a cold-hearted as it seems to ask the question about a tragedy or to think reasonably about sensitive and controversial topics as opposed to jump into the most immediate solution. It's imperative to not making terrible mistakes. Hatred and prejudice have their roots in the fear of intellectualism, fear of being proven wrong, or fear of the unknown and new. So what's the answer to this predicament? Well, how do you educate the common American on biases or inaccuracies that they aren't willing to admit, admit exist or face? Far be it for me to give the definitive key to solving the culture problem involving an entire country. But hey, don't assume that everyone has had the same experiences as yourself, or for that matter, has the same perspective on those experiences as you do. And don't look down on people for those opinions that you know are factually incorrect. What you're trying to do in an argument. So, are you actually taking the best approach to change this person's mind? Or are you only alienating them more for disagreeing with you? The wonderful thing about the First Amendment is that we can have this controversial conversations, but you won't get others to open their argument for constructive criticism. If you bash them for just disagreeing with you, if you're sitting in a room where everyone agrees with you and you're not going to change and you're not going to become a better thinker, just remember, more guns equals less crime. Go out and buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.